Hey, I'm Jalen Hikes. And I'm Sydney Garrett. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Eat the Elephant Podcast. We're super excited for the episode that we have planned today, but first of all, Jay, I want to hear about your recent trip to Montana. So, I don't think anything normal has ever happened to me in my life. Not once. I guess my experience in Billings, Montana is two girls, a blind man, and a cowboy walked into a bar. That actually happened. And then Sunday, we somehow ended up on a helicopter ride. And when the lady asked us if we wanted to go, we're like, sure, a casual Sunday afternoon helicopter ride in Montana. Wrong. I failed to put together in my brain that this guy was an aerial applicator. You know, the crop dusters. That's what he does for his full-time job. That's what he did on the helicopter ride. And there was sugar beet harvest going on. And so I think if I would have reached my hand out, I could have touched the top of the tractor that we buzzed over. That's how close we got to it. And (laughs) I almost threw up. No, he wasn't spraying. He wasn't spraying, but he was acting like he, he was doing like a normal flight pattern that you would do when you sprayed. And we got close enough. We could see inside the tractor cab. And we were waving at the guys. That's like kind of terrifying. It was it was scary. I did almost throw up. The one girl in the front seat did throw up, but it wasn't me. Yeah, she she did throw up. I mean, you're just whipping around. It's hard on your it's hard on your belly. Oh no, I'm sure. Like I get carsick on the metro sometimes because they're driving like they're crazy. So I can't. I would not handle being up in the air like that. Well, no, you just have to trust people. He calls himself a stick wiggler, which I find very comical. Soap Creek Flying is who took us. So, great time. Thanks, Kelly. Appreciate you. He's a guy. And, uh, yeah, that was my Montana trip in a nutshell. How was your cattle sale? Oh, we missed it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Did you get to see any cows? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we've seen some cows in, um, out in the pasture in a beautiful Virginia country. So gorgeous, actually. They had fences that were just a bunch of rocks stacked on top of each other and I was talking to a guy who was from like Texas I think and we were both just kind of staring at the fence like the cows really stay in that because our cows would not be staying in that they would be jumping over it and he's like well I don't know if maybe maybe there's a hotline on the other side of it I was like those rocks are like two feet tall even if there is a hotline that does not matter you could just hop over it yeah so I think the the cows were just really content there because it was beautiful. They had a ton of open space. Like, they looked like they were getting grain every day. The grass is greener over on that side of the fence, I guess. Yeah, so maybe it is fine. But it really kind of just looked like right out of a fairy co- cottage. So yeah, we missed the sale. Rolled in about 30 minutes after it was over. But it was supposed to go for another 45 minutes To when we had gotten there. So it wasn't technically our fault. But yeah, then we just went to a party. I hung out with some interns because I'm closer in age to interns than actual working adults. So that's always fun. It's like getting called kiddo at work when you work with the geriatrics. Just kidding. They're not that old. (laughs) Some of them act that old. Oh, uh, kind of a low from my week. Apparently all my coworkers follow each other on Instagram, but they don't follow me. What? I don't know, right? So I'm going to like follow all of them, I guess. But I'm also kind of mad about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's kind of hurtful. They'll be like, yeah, we've seen in your story. But I think it also might be because like some of them know each other already from like past internships or something. Because they're all around the same age. 
But, like, that them being the same age as being, like, 25. So I'm just, I was a little butthurt about that. And I'm going to slowly start following people. I told my boss about it. And she was like, oh, well, I'll follow you. And she followed me on Instagram, like, right in the middle <laughs> of our meeting. And I was just kind of like, <sighs> you're not. It just kills, it kills the confidence a little bit. It's like, oh, Marianne, thanks. Because but she's definitely. You're my, my target demographic. definitely my dad's age. <laughs> It's like the pity mom follow. <laughs> but she's super funny, so it's fine. Um, I think it's funny that my mom follows all of my ex-boyfriends. <laughs> oh, Julie. <laughs> that, that is funny. But, like, also, oh, well, it's okay. I, I mean, it doesn't matter. I just think it's funny. I find it comical. Yeah. She's a woman of the people. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to hit with your songs of the week? Yeah. Do you have any written down? No. <laughs> Okay, well, while Sydney's looking for her songs, I have mine written down. Because back to our theory of one of us can only have our stuff together. Anyways, my songs are Daylight by Watch House, Stickin' and Movin' by... Oh, they're just South Hall now. They're not Reed South Hall anymore. So South Hall Band and Everlasting Lover by 49 Winchester. 49 Winchester is very good in concert. So for this week, I only really have one song. Just I haven't been listening to a ton of music I feel like I just really haven't been on my phone much this week, but I had The Prayer by Cody West, and I have been listening to a lot of Sam Barber, just in general. I don't have a song off the top of my head, but he is coming to DC March 22nd, so I will be getting tickets, and Jay is thinking about potentially visiting that week too, so that would be pretty cool. But Sam Barber is really good. He has a good song called Your Hand in My Hand. It's really good. Very sweet song. Yeah, so I've just been listening to a lot of him this this week, really, I guess, because I wanted to make sure that I know of his songs. Oh, I guess one that you could add would be, like, The Straight and Narrow. Oh, that's a good one. I really like The Straight and Narrow, yeah. I wish we could sing well so we could give everybody, like, a listen into it. You could just sing a little bit of a tidbit of it. Y'all do not want us to sing. But yeah, so those are my songs of the week, and I promise next week I'll come back with some actual <laughs> sometimes it's just sometimes you just don't have good song weeks that's fair next week we'll come back stronger <laughs> okay jay i think you had a hot take that is going to lead us into our topic of the week uh, my hot take is i think our society has an epidemic going on and the epidemic is complaining and having a victim mentality mindset I would definitely agree with that. I think we all have that one person who sometimes is just a little suffocating to be around. And it's just because everything in their life is always terrible. They can literally find something to be mad about on a sunny 75 degree day with a light breeze. And like they just ruin the vibe sometimes. And it's just like, really? Are you grateful for nothing? <laughs> I, I understand that. I've been around people like that before and it just, I feel that it takes the life out of you sometimes. It's just, you leave the conversation and you think about, did that even get me anywhere? And I feel worse now and that was supposed to make, I'm hanging out with a friend who's supposed to make me feel better because I enjoy hanging out with my friends. And you have to sit there and think about if that was even a productive thing. And not every friendship thing has to be productive. I mean, productive as in, enjoying spending time with your friends and then sometimes you just leave it and you're just like wow sometimes I leave sales calls and I sit there and I think about was that productive because all that 
man did was bitch about how we didn't get enough rain the whole time. And what are you going to do about it other than complain? Nothing. So be grateful that you have a crop growing and move on. That's my type of a, that's my hot take. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, as we sit here and we complain about people who complain, we're obviously not perfect. Jay and I both definitely complain every I feel like we do do a pretty good job though of catching each other sometimes and we're very good at sitting and thinking telling the other person okay so what did you do about it after they're done yeah we do hold each other accountable for that like how are you gonna fix it and normally we preface it with with like I just need to rant about work or I actually have a problem like what do I do here so there are two different kinds of complaining and everything that we're touching on right now we're going to deep dive into in three articles that we have to go over. So let's go ahead and jump into the articles before we get too far ahead of ourselves. The first article that we went into kind of just explains how complaining affects your brain. It's by Talent Smart and it's by Travis Bradbury and he's a PhD. And the article is how complaining rewires your brain for negativity. The thing I really pulled out of this article is that the neurons that you fire in your brain wire together so you can change your brain to have a positive or negative mindset based off of the actions you pursue during your day. I also thought that that was insane the fact that how we act changes what's going on in our brain that's literally insane to me. One of the things I pulled from this article is research from Stanford University has shown that complaining shrinks the hippocampus, the area of the brain that's critical to problem solving and in- intelligent thought. <laughs> uh, it makes total sense because if you've met a complainer is nothing ever solves their issue. Yeah, ever. Yeah, and I guess that's because they've been pl- complaining for so long that they just have no problem solving skills or intelligent thoughts. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I just think it's insane. <laughs> and I think that's what breeds the victim mindset of how they're always a victim in every situation and they're never in the wrong and they just want to complain about it is because it rewires their brain into thinking that they're always the victim. Nothing's ever is good enough. And they just feel the need to complain and complain and complain and never have a grateful thought ever. Yeah. And I mean, again, I just want to reiterate that as we talk about this, Everyone has like their weak strength, their weak points and their high points that they're good about it. So when I read this, I was thinking about myself and the different scenarios that I'm in. Like, I'm really bad about getting frustrated on the metro, for example, just with people standing in the middle of the escalator and things like that. Just random things. So I just want to reiterate that, like, we're not talking about any specific person, but We all know people who are like this, and we all are people like this. But as far as another thing that complaining does within your brain and within your body is it releases the stress hormone cortisol, the hormone that shifts you into fight or flight mode. So you flip on your survival mode switch, and that makes you more susceptible to like high cholesterol, diabetes, heart disease, and obesity. And it makes your brain more vulnerable to stroke. So yeah, when people are saying that they are physically ill because they're stressed out, that's probably true. I don't doubt that. But if they're complaining, they're going to be, they're going to feel even worse. Like what they're using as an outlet is for their stress is probably going to make them feel worse. So (laughs) yeah, totally. And that's why going to the gym or even just going for a walk is such a big thing because it 
does decrease your cortisol level in your body. And that's why going on your phone in the morning is one of the worst things you can do for your brain. And I'm so guilty of this. The first thing I do when I roll over is wake up and look at my phone. It's just so easy to do, but it just elevates your cortisol level so much in the morning. And so I'm trying to do a better job of like, look at it for two seconds and then turn off my alarm and then get up and just start my day. Oh, I'm awful at that. Have your Has your phone habit gotten better since you started putting your phone across the room? Oh, yeah. I am on my phone way less, specifically in the evenings, because um, my I, my phone's old enough that it won't hold a charge all day. So, yeah, I put it over there, and then I'll check it every now and then, but normally I'm done with it by 9. So, if any of my friends in the Midwest Snapchat me at 8, nah. It's <laughs> annoying. It's annoying. I'm so glad for you, but sometimes I'm like, well, I guess I'll hear from her at 5 a.m. my time tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, essentially. <laughs> or if I've been, I've been waking up for the gym, so it's like 4 a.m. your time. But even then, normally I'm, sometimes I don't even respond to Snapchats till I get to work or on the metro, and it's like, which isn't bad. It's not bad. It's really not. No, it's really good, honestly. I'm proud of you and excited for you. I can't wait to have that level of shit togetherness in my life. <laughs> my shit is so not together. <laughs> uh, just a little fun fact for the listeners. This week has been a roller coaster. But it's okay because weeks are allowed to be roller coasters. Um, I think everyone kind of had a roller coaster week though because the amount of memes I got sent that was like me struggling to get or it was like what it was like something along the lines of like is this week over yet? Me on a Tuesday and then it's a picture of like one of the Kardashians sobbing and yeah that <laughs> I don't know if there was a more accurate representation of my week but that was pretty good. <laughs> I sent you one about crying at work. <laughs> it's like, well, I cry at work today? Well, no. Well, it could happen. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. It could. <laughs> it depends if I could call the dishwasher or not today. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. um, Hope y'all had better weeks. And if you didn't, here's to having a better week next week. <laughs> yep. Or There's always next week, and you can always make it better than the last one. Or... If it's not, be grateful for all the things that you have and keep on chugging. <laughs> chugging. <laughs> not that kind of chugging, Sydney. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I thought you meant. Um, and so the next thing that this article had pointed out was even if you are a complainer, ha- hanging out with people who do complain will cause you to mimic their actions and their moods and I mean the analogy that the article gave was really good it's like you would not spend all day with a smoker inhaling their secondhand smoke so why would you hang out with a complainer letting all of their negative energy seep into your brain you you wouldn't hang out with a smoker don't hang out with a complainer and I know it's hard it's definitely hard we like like we said we have friends who may be a little bit on the negative side but sometimes you just have to think what's What's better for me? And do I want to surround myself with this kind of energy? Yeah, absolutely. I really liked that analogy. And when you put it that way, it makes a lot of sense of how much it does affect your brain. Something I pulled from this article, not having to do, well, it is having to do with complaining, but taking the time to be grateful reduces your stress hormone cortisol by 23%. Oh, I missed that little statistic. Or did you just know that? No, I do. It's from the, it's from the article. Oh yeah, I missed that. Anyway, that's super cool. Twenty three percent by just saying something you're grateful for. Yeah, 
I have That's crazy. Been, that is insane. I've never been good at those affirmations of just saying like morning affirmations or just stating what you're grateful for. But that is something that I really need to work on. Just like writing a few things down a day. Literally three things. It can be nine words and like nine words and three things. But I just don't do it. That's what I did for Lent last year was write down everything that I was grateful for. And I think it did make a big difference. And then after Lent, I didn't continue with it. And I should have. But life just kind of got in the way. And it really, it's not an excuse. It's a poor excuse. And I am going to start it up again. Being grateful. Writing down what I'm grateful for every morning. Yeah. So like Jay just said, how to stop, cultivate an attitude of gratitude. Oh, it kind of like rhymes a little bit. Cultivate oh. an attitude of gratitude. Woo! <laughs> or... Um, the one that I really liked was engage in solution-oriented complaining, which is what we touched on earlier of, okay, complain, get it out of your system, but what's your solution? Jay and I talk about a lot, um, like, there's just certain people in our lives who, like, come to us with problems, and it's like, you can try and help someone so much, but they're, Jay and I are the type of people who, when you're upset or when you're complaining, we're going to try and help you find solutions. But if you don't want those solutions, then you literally just want to complain. And at that point, I can't help you because I can listen to you and I can hear you out. But I also don't want to talk about this topic for the next four months. So yeah, just be mindful and engage in solution-oriented complaining, which in another article we're going to go over um a few more ways of how to stop but those were two really good ones that this article pointed out yeah I really liked those two and honestly sometimes if you just reiterate saying like I just need to complain to complain for two seconds and then once you get it all out and then say okay now I'm open to ideas I think that also goes a lot farther but if you've complained about the same situation more than probably three times you are the issue and it's time to and you might not be the issue but it's time to look within yourself and think, how can I solve this problem? Because it's continue and me complaining about it has not made it any better. So what are you going to do to fix it? Or what are you going to work on? What are you going to change? Yeah. And I mean, that's the first step with anything that you're, any bad habit that you're, or any problem that you have that you're trying to end, you have to realize that, okay, like I am the problem or okay, I do have a problem and be cognizant of it before you actually go about making change. Because if you're not cognizant of it, or if you're just listening to us talk and you're like, oh, I don't complain or, oh, it's not a problem. You're like, what are you doing to better yourself then if you, because everyone has room to improve. And that's what these articles pointed that out too. They were like, complaining a little is healthy. It really is. And as social humans, we all complain, but there's a limit where it's too much sometimes. So just being cognizant of it. It is too much sometimes. And I think also being self-aware that consistently putting your problem, your the same issue on your friends is hard for them too. And it makes them, it makes it difficult to be around you, you know? And I, I think it's important to realize that too, of how your actions can impact other people. Yeah, because it can be exhausting sometimes. Like sometimes you just have those friends who they exhaust you to be around and you love them dearly, but it's just, it takes so much out of you in order to be their friend. Okay, so the next article that we're going to talk about is How and Why You Should Stop Complaining, and it's by Elizabeth Scott, PhD. So she went over kind of four main reasons why we complain, and I chuckled at a few of them. So the first <laughs> one is it's we use it as a way to regulate our emotions. So by ranting or by venting, um, we do it based on our mood. If you're in a shitty mood, 
you're going to be more likely to complain. It is how it is. I mean, we've all had those days where our hair just won't curl right. And then we drop our toast on the ground and then we can't find our, like, and then you just want to bitch about it. It's okay. You're just in a bad mood. You're just having one of those mornings. It's okay. It's not life changing. The did next you, one is when personality. Wait, huh? when your hair wouldn't curl, did you beat your head with the brush because you were so mad? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, did you ever do that when you were a kid, though? No, but I really love the TikToks where it's like screaming at your parents, like whisper screaming about like how much you hate your life and like throwing yourself on your bed because I definitely did that shit. <laughs> I didn't do that. I just got so mad that my hair wouldn't do what I needed to do and I'd bang my brush on the counter because <laughs> I would get so upset. No, I did not do that. You know, when your part's not parting and... Yeah. Anyways. Well, way back then, all we had to do was, like, brush from oh, the, the other side. the side part. You just gotta, like, Justin Bieber your hair <laughs> and you have a crease right above your ear and that's... And you're good to go. Yeah. For middle school. Well, I can't say anything. I did that till my sophomore year of college, but then I switched to the middle part and we're a, we've grown. Anyway, aside from that. So, the third one, personality. I literally have dash L-M-A-O beside it because I think personality is so funny. Like... I thought it was funny, too. <laughs> uh, and that, <laughs> I, that just goes back to the fact of if you've been complaining since birth, or if you have grown up in a family of complainers, because that's another thing. If you're raised in a family who does that, it's hard to get out of it. But, I mean, you cannot be 20 years old and blame all of your issues on your family, because we all have issues because of our family that we could blame on them, but get over it. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Or go or go do something to fix it. I guess yeah. my parents just always told me, they're like, quit throwing a pity party. And do something about it to fix it. And I think that's the mindset I am. So yeah, anyway, there's <laughs> there's that. Um, <laughs> and then social, social factors. Um, if your friends do it, you'll do it too. So those are kind of the main four. I thought it was interesting in that article how they talked about social bonding happens when you complain. Oh, for sure. For sure. When you're on the elevator, I guess, and you go... Yeah, it's just, it's just raining outside today. And somebody goes, oh, I know it. And then... All of a sudden, you're in a complaining thing, and you leave the elevator, and you're like, what productive thing happened there? Nothing. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's easy to find, like, common ground when complaining, but like you said, they you were just complaining about the weather and how it was storming. You know what I mean? There's, there's a difference in that type of complaining versus, you know, complaining about your job or your boss who said something to you in a way that you didn't like or asked you to do your actual job. Like, God forbid you be asked to do your job. I think that's so funny. <laughs> oh, I think it's hilarious when people, when people are servers and they're like, I just had to take this table. I was like, oh, so you had to do your job today. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice. Sorry, Sorry about that. <laughs> I, what do you want? Okay. Uh, moving on, I guess. Well, like I just said, some complaining is healthy. That was That's from the article. Some complaining is healthy. We need to talk through our emotions so we can fully understand them. So, like, if we're ever having a problem with, like, a significant other or with a family member and you go to one of your friends and you talk about them to try and get another perspective or to see it from the outside, like, that's healthy. That's okay. 
that type of thing. You're normally not like belittling a family member or a significant other, but by talking with your friends about those issues that you're having with someone else, it'll help you better understand your own feelings so you can go and fix the problem with said person. So not all complaining is bad. Some of it's actually healthy if you're mindful about it. I agree. I also think that leads really well into um, understanding that you may complain too much and signs that you do that. And they are, if you're airing your negativity, but don't try to solve it. Understanding, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, understanding that some people just complain to complain and you have a negative and nasty attitude on life. So yeah, that are those are signs. But honestly, I'm not going to lie, most complainers that I've met in my life have no self-awareness of any of those things. So <laughs> it just takes a little bit to look look in the inside. I definitely thought that too. Like, if someone's listening to this and you guys are thinking, oh, I never complain, I don't have this issue, <laughs> you're probably the one who's the worst at this. Yeah. <laughs> like, because you're so unself aware of your complaining. <laughs> yeah. And Sydney and I aren't going to sit here on our high horse and be like, oh, we never complain. Listen, sometimes Sydney will just be call calling. She goes, I just need to bitch for a minute. 30 minutes later, we're done with the phone call. <laughs> And, but then we both feel better because we were both just like aired out about our day. We both live alone. And so sometimes you just need to call somebody and talk about work to get it off your chest. And then and then you're fine for the rest of the night. Yeah. Or not even work. Just being 20 years old and trying to survive like crazy. <laughs> if anybody ever wants to sponsor Sydney and I, please pay our student loans. <laughs> That's what I complain about all the time. <laughs> And I did it to myself, so there's no reason to complain. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. I think about that a lot, actually. Just lay in bed at night, and then I'm just like, oof. <laughs> it's like those random nightmares that wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, oh, my FAFSA loan to the government. Save me. <laughs> Am I supposed to take that out of the podcast or leave that in there? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes... I wish people got the visual of that because it was way funnier. <laughs> Very Halloween. Seizure. Seizing. <laughs> I prevented oh. student loans. If they could make a honestly, they need a haunted house of like student loan payment. Oh my god! I think the funniest <laughs> things right now are people posting like a haunted house, but it's actually understanding what a four hundred one k is. <laughs> Or it's, it's actually being tested on what a 401k is. It's, like, terrifying. Uh, um, a haunted house, but you have to do your taxes by yourself. <laughs> a haunted house, but you have to fill out your tax forms without calling your mom and dad. <laughs> I'd be done. I would be, the little chainsaw guy would get me. Because I would just lay there. Dead. Not alive. Gone. No. And anytime I have any sort of relevant question related to life finances, right on the phone with my dad. Not that he answers because he forgets his phone all the time, but he usually does call my call me back or I call my mom and be like, will you hand the phone to dad so then I can ask him his question? Oh yeah, no shade to my parents, but like, they normally don't know what's going on either. So that's my other thing. I'm like, oh my god, one day my kid's gonna call me and I'm gonna say, what? <laughs> Google. Maybe when you reach... 40, you know, you, like, unlock the key to understanding a 401k. Maybe. Taxes. I don't know. It's cool. it's wild, man. I don't know how we're not all in jail, because I don't think anyone understands how to do it. Committing like... tax fraud is one of my biggest fears, for no reason. 
I don't do anything shady. It just does scare me. I'm scared they're going to call me up one day and be like, you owe $20,000. And I'll be like, on what money do you think I owe that I owe $20,000 to you? The IRS is a scary place. I did contemplate working for the IRS for a short stint only so that I could understand how they work. So then I would never have to deal with them again, other than paying taxes. Anyway, now that you guys know how financially stupid we are. (laughs) Pretty dumb. Uh, let's go to some strategies on how to be more positive. So a quote that I pulled from the article was, as you focus more on minimizing your complaining and maximizing your gratitude and excitement about life, you will likely feel a difference in your stress levels and your level of overall satisfaction. So there you go. You're not complaining. You're not releasing that cortisol and you're being grateful. You're even decreasing your cortisol. So I just think that that's super cool. It's very exciting. And I think a grateful mindset really just makes the biggest difference in this. I also have found during the times of my life that I journal, I do feel better. Oh, yeah. I, like, I have a little Google Doc where it's just, like, my thoughts. And you have a Google Doc that's all your thoughts? Not all of them, but some of them. (laughs) I just forget that you like typing everything out and I like writing everything out. (laughs) it's if I write things I don't like them and like I don't put my feelings into words the right way so if I typing it I get to like figure out how I really feel because also my OCD does not appreciate like scribbling out on a page I would have to restart and that would just not be good for that would not be productive for me but yeah anyway I see this note page that I have from work this week (laughs) (laughs) you can't even read your handwriting man like I don't know what's going on (laughs) Sometimes I can't either, but it's okay. It's there. <laughs> True. It's, it's no longer in your brain. It's out. <laughs> okay. Um. Do you want to introduce the next article? Heck yeah, I do. So how to stop complaining. Seven secrets to being happier by Health Essentials. The first step is taking a step back and looking at the bigger picture. Will this matter in five minutes, a month, or a year? The answer is no. It really won't. No, it doesn't matter what you're mad about. If you're mad about someone on the metro, if you're mad about something that your boss did, if you're mad about something that your roommate did, you know, you're not going to think about it in a week, a month. Definitely not in a month. If you're still thinking about it in a month, then you definitely got some sort of issue going on there. And if you're thinking about it in a year, I'm going to find a therapist. (laughs) You got some problems. Do you ever have those nightly thoughts of you think of something really awkward you did as a kid? Oh, yeah, one of those unlocked from my brain the other day, and I will not say it on the podcast because it's literally so bad, and it was just one of those situations where I literally put mouth, no. So I'll tell you when we're off this, but okay, yeah. Okay. Those are the worst when you sit there and you like, you're almost asleep and your brain's like, oh, hey, remember when you did this when you were eight and how embarrassing that was? Like, <laughs> yeah, Thanks. And it didn't affect my life at all. Why did that need to get brought up? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Nope. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. (laughs) Number two. Look within. Am I really mad or did I just want a bitch to bitch? I'll tell you. I'll tell you the answer. You just wanted to bitch to bitch. That's okay if you be productive with it. Three. 
Make a game of it. Give yourself a small punishment when you complain. So if I wanted to punish myself, I would not do the article suggested wearing a rubber band on your wrist. No, that is not a fashion statement I'm going to get behind. But mine would not be letting myself have my afternoon soda because that really, that's what I look forward to. Not going to lie. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good thing. Mine would be not getting to watch TV at night. I've gotten better. I've only watched one episode at night now instead of three or four. This episode is so chaotic, but I watched G-Force last night. Honestly, a really good movie. And we talked about it at work. Is that the hamster one? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, continue. Number four. <laughs> Number four. Choose the right channel. If you really need to complain, do it somewhere or choose someone who will help you overcome the challenge. My person is Sydney or my mother. Even though sometimes when I tell my mother things and I just wanted to complain to complain and she solves a problem, then I'm like, oh, you're right. Honestly, moms are usually always right. And it sometimes it just kills my insides because I'm like, God, I hate it when that happens. You know? Yeah, I feel like we definitely have that good balance of like understanding, okay, we need the time to complain and to get it all out of our system. And after we've hit that, then we can fix it. But for right now, we just need to bitch about it. Like, you know, we need a good 10 minutes of, like, out of our system, and then we can look for solutions after that. <laughs> yeah. I think it depends on what it is, too. If you're mad at somebody on the metro, then that's not, like, a, you're like, I just need to complain about this. But, honestly, those thoughts need to get better anyways, so. Um, number five, air valid concerns. Be proactive, not reactive. You can either continue on life being miserable, or you can continue on and do something about it. So, that's my opinion on that. Number six. Find the positive. Is the compliment sandwich your thing or the article's thing? <laughs> the compliment sandwich was my brain notes. So the article, when it said find the positives, is when you're talking about something that you've been complaining about and you're trying to address the issue, for example, maybe your boyfriend went to the store without telling you and bought you groceries. Yeah, he was trying to do a really nice thing and help you out, but... Maybe when you address your concerns to him, you could say, I really appreciate that you went to the store and got groceries. I wish you would have let me know so I could have sent you with a list of things I would have liked for you to get. But I do appreciate you taking the time to do that for me. It's like that type of thing. It's like still being kind, still finding the positives of a situation, but also addressing an issue at hand so that it doesn't continue to happen. That type of thing. And that was a very mild example. You can do it with something that's probably a little bit more threatening than groceries. <laughs> I think that was a good example. I mean, we complain, as people, we complain about the simplest things all of the time. So I think that's a normal everyday example. Number seven, I think is my favorite one on how to stop complaining, is practice gratitude. I think that's the biggest thing we can do every day. Um, waking up and saying three things you're grateful for, either out loud, writing them down, have it on a marker board do it while you're driving to work, I think will start your day off on a better positive note and give you the opportunity to have a grateful mindset throughout the day, which will make complaining during the day less likely to happen. If we just take everything with a grain of salt and understand that people are messy, life is messy, and if we can just be grateful for what we do have, then I think we'll all just be a little bit better off. Um, I think that this episode was really good for me personally, reading those articles. 
was really insightful. I always think it's so fascinating how your body reacts to the things that, like, your mouth is saying. Um, or the things that you hear. That's just always been really crazy to me. So, so yeah, I really enjoyed this little, I don't want to call it a mini-sode, but this little, like, one-off episode that we did. I think it's a good break in between books, too. But I really enjoyed it, too, and it, it was really eye-opening to me, I guess, and looking about how I can go about my day. You know, we night when I text people throughout the day, I'm like, ah, I just feel like I complain a lot. And moving on and realizing that it, it's probably not that deep. You know, I got annoyed yesterday with construction. I was sitting in construction, and there was seven workers standing around and we were sitting there getting nothing done. It's not that big of a deal, but it is irritating me, you know? And I also think that you can be irritated in the moment, but just take a second and you probably don't need to complain about it to your friends later type of a thing. And end your day with positivity. Start your day with positivity. We really hope that you guys enjoyed listening to this episode. We will have all of these articles linked in the show notes, so you guys can feel free to go and read them if you want. If you have any other secrets to help stop complaining, feel free to reach out to us and let us know. We'd love to hear them. But I think we're just going to try and be more cognizant of it within ourselves and hopefully just 1% better every day. 1% better every day. Be grateful. Be thankful. And have a good week. Thanks, guys. Bye.